Citizen sleuths are focusing on the brutal slayings of four college kids. A new Paramount Plus original docuseries. This is the start of something major. Follows online detectives as they unravel the mystery of the infamous Idaho college murders. There's plenty of places to hide a weapon. And turned it into a social media phenomenon. Where are the roommates? It is at? a huge night. I want the truth from you. Hashtag cyber sleuths. The Idaho murders now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. The following is a GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street production. You've discovered your link to GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat Insiders podcast, presented by Commerce Bank, and it starts right now. Now, let's go to the WTC gig-powered studios. Here's your host, GoPowerCat.com publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. It's another edition of the PowerCat Insiders podcast brought to you by Commerce Bank. Go PowerCat's Tim Fitzgerald, that's me. Matt Walters of the Kansas State IMG Radio Network. Just once. What was it? K-State Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. Oh, I missed the from the part. That's just uh, stupid. And it's K-State, it's not Kansas State. That's that's wrong. I'm going to write it down for you. I know from search engine results. That's Kellis Robinette State. from the Kansas City Star and Wichita Eagle. And that is Catfish. Ryan Black. Ryan Black from the Manhattan Mercury. Thank you. Thank Man, you, Matt. Stealing You're welcome. Job. Hey, it's yeah. great. And you know what I'm going to make him do now? We're sponsored this, by Commerce Bank. Which yeah. has the technology and the people to help with whatever financial challenges come your way. Commerce Bank challenge accepted. Is this two weeks in a row? We're all gathered? Yep. This is fantastic. It is fantastic. First time since the season, I guess. Farewell to our number one sub, Tyler Griever, as he moves on to Greener Pastures. I don't think he's announced officially where he's going. Which means you won't. Which means I won't. But bid him adieu as he moves off to Anchorage. Best of luck. He's going to be on the Juno beat. That for... is not greener pastures, Anchorage. No. Wider pastures. He's, uh, he's found himself a good job as he leaves Topeka and a little shuffling. We'll have some new voices on the Insiders podcast when one of us isn't available. Hopefully not Riley Gates. He curses a lot. You got any prospects yet? Well, I think I'll stick with the WIW people. Okay, yeah. I mean, I'm affiliated with them. I mean, although 27 has some very, very good sports people, too. So we've got a plethora of people. And we also have Tannehill, who likes to talk about basketball. You know. Speaking of. What? Basketball? Basketball. Yeah, he doesn't like it when I jack around. <laughs> basketball. Let's go. He's got a he's date. he got things got to do. Here I love that. Catfish has a rant to get to. Let's make progress. It's a strange week for the Wildcats. They get smoked to Dallin Fieldhouse, and then something happens at the end of the game. Oh, can I? Uh, well, yeah, go ahead. The question? Yeah. I was, I was going to text you guys, but I decided not to. Do you remember the question I asked you last Monday? I do. What was it? It was, the, is it more likely they lose by 6 or 26? No, 6 or 23. Oh, okay, I thought it was 26. You said 6 or 30. No, 6 no, or it was, yeah, I knew it was in the 20s. I don't know why I thought 26. I guess I just thought it was the same number. Carry on. Oh, they lost by 21, so neither. Everyone's wrong. Were you 6? You were 6? <laughs> I was 6. I thought they would be more competitive than that. And you know what's amazing is how it follows that script so often. A bad start. And it just spirals, Big and they kind of make a little run, and then it just falls apart again. Mm, I, don't know, I don't know if I'd say. Remember, I mean, after the game, Weber took umbrage when somebody asked, well, you got oh, – well, I'm not going to actually – I know who it was that asked it. I'm not going to say it someone on the K-State beat who's not in this room. But Weber's like, what do you mean a bad start? Usually we're down 10-zip at the first media timeout. It was 7-all, guys. It was 7-all. And then after that, after that, 
is when KU went on its run. But KU didn't get out to a 20-point lead yeah. the first time out. It was 7-all. It was the second time out. It was the second. It's that's all I was saying. the first 10 yeah. minutes of the game. That's there. all I was saying. Yeah. It's Groundhog Day. That's all I was saying. Yeah. I was just trying to be specific. And I have joked over and over, it follows a script like pro wrestling, and lo and behold, someone picks up a chair. So that was an interesting twist on my wrestling script. I'm just glad Kellis didn't get hit. Because to be honest, I didn't see Kellis until like the third replay of the mayhem. Well, Ryan was actually closer to it than I was. I was right beside, I, sorry, I was right beside Riley, and I, I was—I stupidly did not get out of my seat. I guess I was just waiting to get injured. And yeah, Riley, people. like I said, Riley didn't even flinch. I mean, Riley was... That's amazing, man. Maybe out of all the things that Riley Gates should be doing with his life is not covering K-State sports, but be a war correspondent. I want that guy in my foxhole. Man, he picked up that phone and started videotaping and... Nine million plus views later on Twitter. Wow, it's amazing that he had the, this the sense to do that. I mean, none of us did. Well, as I was watching it unfold, I mean, I didn't think it was going to escalate into that. Even as DeSosa was standing over Gordon and the guys were running over, I just thought it was going to be a staring contest. It just kind of kept escalating. You know, that's what yeah, my point needlessly. is. Yeah, everyone who seemed to join the fracas at the start of it seemed to escalate it. And I would even put uh, the KU video guy, what, Ryan Case, is that his name? The one who broke his arm? Yeah. Oh, Jeremy Case. Jeremy Case, that's right. My apologies. Jeremy Case, for the way he dove at James Love and kind of knocked him off his feet. I know he didn't intend it, but that kind of helped escalate things because now Love's on the ground and stuff started to happen there, although it's not clear what. So this young man broke his arm. Broke his arm when he dove. Remember okay. the guy that yep. dove across? That was you. him. He works yeah. for KU basketball. Former player. Broke his wrist. I read where uh, a select few KU fans wanted K-State charged for breaking his wrist. Hmm. A little personal responsibility here. but Hope to never see that again. Yeah, it was horrible, horrible. Both sides were at fault. Both sides had people escalating it. Um, it was just, it, it, God, it was ugly. It was ugly. The Net. funny thing, though, is, I agree with you, as ugly as it was, when you actually look back at the wide scope of things. It could have been worse. It could have been way no, worse. Nobody landed a punch. Right. No, nothing happened with the chair. Like, the Cincinnati Xavier brawl had much more. <laughs> like, if you're talking about just injuries or whatever, that one was much uglier than this one. The thing that I was really, 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 really worried about is just given how rabid KU's fans are, I thought something was going to happen like the Malice of the Palace where somebody was going to throw something at a K-State player and then one of the K-State players was going to go up in the crowd. Could have I was very easily. worried about Could that. Could have happened easily. Glossed over the fact that it was in the handicap section. Did we? Nobody got hurt in, that was seated there? There's Not, a question about one lady. The woman with the service dog? Yeah. yeah. No, I don't think anything like serious happened to her. Could have been horrible. She was nudged a little bit, pushed out of the way for sure. Mm -hmm. Could have been horrible. I was used as a human shield during that during that fight. There were people. The you person, were? Yeah, the person sitting next to me had his hand on my back the whole time, basically pushing me toward the fight so that he wouldn't have to be in it. That's nice of him. And our photographer became a viral sensation. The guy in the orange hat. Oh, yeah, hat. for trying right. to grab the stool. Yeah, well, he actually did, he did get it one hand on it before he got kind of shoved and, you know. Formed out of the way. Correct. So mm -hmm. watching it from the comfort of home uh, and then Me too. following, you know, checking in on Twitter after it all happened, there's a lot of people that saw stuff that I didn't see. 
Yeah. It, it is crazy. You can ask 20 different people what they saw in that fight, and they'd have 20 different answers, even though it's the same video. It's, yeah. That, and that's. It's kind of like discussing politics. I, it's weird. Yeah. I yeah. Just, all last Tuesday night, I wanted to say, what were you watching that I missed? Well, we kept hearing that James Love threw the first punch, and in no form of that video was that true. First of all, he never technically threw a punch, he made a fist and then dropped his hand. He Frankensteined. Quite a bit with his arms straight out and his hands open, uh, which, you know, that was a good move. But, I mean, the first physical contact was from Antonio Gordon, yeah, really. Shoving, yeah. Although there seems to be a question about, if you watch the video, uh, Riley's video, it looks like David Sloan kind of surges to the front. And it looks like someone makes contact with him. I saw another angle where it appears someone hits him from behind. So that's another question. There were multiple things. There were... If I remember right, three things that if none of those three or one of those three things doesn't happen, right. the entire thing doesn't happen. Right. And they are. Well, number one, and I understand what Bill Self said. Number one, you don't steal the ball. You don't. You don't. You don't steal the ball. I understand that you're... Um, you're going to get some flack for this. I got flack, well, I, I say, I got flack for that. I'm be- good with that. You don't I'm, steal the ball, but it's also not a reason to fight. Right. I understand... That it has not reached zeros on the clock. I understand that. But, again, it's you You have to understand the game. It's that simple. Not saying that De- Dejuan does understand the game. He just made a mistake there. So that's number one. Number two, in my opinion, is the block was, the block was legit. But there are going to be some people that would say just it doesn't matter. You're up 21. <coughs> just l- let him go in and let whatever. I get the converse of that. And number three, and that's really, if you want to get down to, we all know this, what gets it started is simply the Sosa standing right on top of Dejuan. Well, that's definitely what escalated. And that's the one that takes it to Mach 9 right away. He doesn't step over him and just kind of look down at him and walk off. He poses over him. Exactly. As someone said, he pulls a Muhammad Ali. It's just not like, take that, and he turns around and walks away. He just stood there and barked at him. You, you don't make that steal, but it is part of the game. The block is certainly part of the game. I mean, if you're going to steal the ball, you you can have a shot block. And he protected the rim and didn't let him score. For me, it was the pose. Mm-hmm. It was the standing over him. And then, you know, immediately I, I got tired of hearing, well, K-State came off the bench first. Well, they were right there, and it was their guy they wanted to defend. I... I'd be embarrassed for K-State if that guy, I don't know how long DeSosa was going to stand over him, you know? It felt like an eternity. I'd be embarrassed for K-State if nobody came to his aid. Kellis, did you even see the steal when it happened? Because I was Mm -hmm. trying to finish my game story, and I'm like, game's over, clock's running out. I'm not even, and I only see when I look up, I'm like, oh, wow, he's trying to score. And so I saw all of it after that, but I didn't see the steal. Well, I know from from talking to some K-State people, I know they're, whole counterpoint to the whole. I mean, I'm with you, Matt. I think it's Bush League to try and steal right. in that situation. But their counterpoint was DeSosa actually put his forearm into Dejuan before he stole it, and that's actually what maybe agitated him into doing it, where yeah, he said, all right, if it. you're going to nudge me like this and try to get me out of the way, then I'm just going to steal the ball. But I'm with you. I think there's a very interesting alternate universe where if DeSosa comes down and just blocks that shot, and, I mean, he blocked the heck out of that shot. Oh, Volleyball yeah. spike into the stands. All you got to do at that point is just basically walk back up the court, you know, raise your hands up. Hit yourself in the up, chest. Do something. And there's a, there's an alternate universe where he looks great 
And Gordon looks like a fool. Right. Oh, yeah, for sure. And none of this other stuff happened. Like, if he'd exactly. literally done any other celebration other than going and standing over Gordon, it, w- it wouldn't have happened. I don't think. Still, even at that point, though, there were five other points where the fight could have been. The first thing that went through my mind was guys leaving the K-State bench and running that direction, which I get, but was, you know what? KU, you might have five guys available for Tennessee, and K-State, you might have five guys available for Alabama, and that's it. I know. I know. And you're not going to have your starting five, <laughs> especially KU. They could have gotten really interesting with the suspensions that they yeah. got to. Did they go far enough with the suspensions? I don't think so, but that's just my opinion. I'm, I'm kind of with you. I would have probably... Added a few for more those games. who did get yeah. suspended, or for those who didn't, I'm only speaking on those who didn't get who did get suspended because I don't want to. I start. don't think anyone that I, leaving the bench technically, you know, because you get into the question: was it post game? I think it was post game. I think the whole adding a second in was asinine because the, the buzzer and, had sounded. I mean, even John Higgins was. thought the game was over because he did not call a technical initially. And and I'll put that's another person I'll put fault on. Exactly. That's if the correct. referee had the done his job, nowhere. Yeah. yeah. Because he's the closest guy, and John Higgins is a really good, well-respected official. And he gets a lot of grief from fans, exactly. but he is well. He's respected. the closest guy to um, to DeSosa standing over Gordon, and he did nothing about it. If he goes in and like bear hugs him and bear hugs him, him and kind of walks him away, okay. But they stood there and they didn't do one thing while all that's going on. Referees in the final seconds of a rivalry game have one thought. Let's get, get the hell off the court. <laughs> you watch them. Just watch them. They're, they're running right as that final buzzer sounds. It's like a starting gun for them. And the security people at every arena, they're waiting for them. And they're out there to greet them and get them off the floor. Which that's, that's what they're supposed Speaking to Speaking of which, I thought the security for what happened did a fairly reasonable job. That once that one cheerleader did a good job holding back the cop from getting involved. So that was kind of entertaining. Did you see that? He's got his arms out and there's a cop behind him perfectly content not to be in the melee. <laughs> yeah. Good job, officer. <laughs> it could have gotten ugly. I mean, if there had been a K-State person near Mr. DeSosa when he picked up that stool, it was going to get swung. It was going to get swung. He didn't pick it up for for giggles. He picked it up to strike someone, but there was no target in place, and so he was kind of walking around. And here's the last thing I'm going to say about it because it's been six days, and I'm already I'm worn out with it. Yeah, I, I am too. I don't know about you guys, but I'm worn out with it. When Kansas comes to Bramlage, strap it on, because it, it, it the environment is going to be testy. I'm going to leave it like that. <laughs> it will be something else. It will be. And I really hadn't intended to get into it this much, but this is our first meeting up since then. So I thought maybe we should talk about it a little bit. Game-wise, it stunk for K-State. KU played to its upper level, and K-State played towards its lower level, something we see over and over and over in Allen Fieldhouse for whatever reason. Other teams go in there and play well. It's Groundhog Day. No, no. That's amazing. <laughs> okay, Bruce. <laughs> Did he say that afterwards? Uh, it sounds like something he would say. Yeah, it's he, Groundhog Day. Well, he used it at some point this year. I, I don't. He didn't use it after that game, though. I can't St. remember. St. Louis. That's it. Yeah, it was St. Louis. It's yeah. Christmas. But yeah, it's, it's, really it's Christmas, but it's Groundhog Day. Yeah. He he kind of referenced it in Alabama too. He said that he looked at me and said, and for those of you who follow us every day, he kind of winked at me and he's like, "It's same old story." 
He wanted to say Groundhog Day, but he tried to mix mm-hmm. it up. And it was when they went to Alabama on Saturday to play the Crimson Tide in the awful Big 12 SEC Challenge. I hate it. Maybe I like it. I like it. I like the, it. the timing's awful. That's, play what, in that's exactly it. Play it during the bowl season. Make it part of the bowl. Hoopla. Play it between Christmas and New Year's. They played without Antonio Gordon. He has a three-game suspension. James Love has eight games, which is intriguing. <laughs> He will have to be suspended within the next five, or excuse me, he needs to be reinstated from injury within the next five games for that, what a, for that to mean anything. Don't you think that's the funniest thing about all this, is that a guy who's too hurt to play basketball can jump in the middle of the a scrum? He's the first guy there. The most aggressive. And, you know, if you watch I, I the question video, if he's really hurt. I wonder what's going on there. I, if you watch that video... Uh, J.O., Jordan Henriquez, one of the student assistants or graduate assistants, has him blocked out. He's behind J.O. when this starts. I've never seen James Love jump around a block out like that. <laughs> yeah. He got around J.O. and was swinging. He was going after DeSouza like he was a rebound. It was amazing to watch. He might have some skill after all. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was going to say also that, you know, because, man, we can look at this from all these different angles, conspiracy theories. One of the things I brought up to somebody at, at work is that, you know, we heard Bruce say that he told the team not to steal and to back off and do that. It's possible Dejuan did not hear him because, you know what, maybe Dejuan was so mad and frustrated, he had tuned Bruce out at that point. And he's just like, I'm just going to go all the way till the end. Or that's, Bruce never actually said that. Or Bruce, well, that's the other, yes. I mean, is it for kind of every single yeah. moment of. You do? Yeah, I do. Do what? That you, Bruce didn't say it? You don't he, think he, he did, or you think he, he kind of wavered even in his press conference? Yeah, when he, he went back to it later, he said, I, I think, wish I would have. Yeah, I think he probably has told his team that in the past, but not leading up to the end of the game. Okay. That's what I go with. But you still know that. Yeah. A player knows that, but not a spirited freshman who mm-hmm. has never been in that situation before. Think about that. And, and I said last Monday, you're going into a building you've never been in before. Think about that. He's been in probably some hostile gyms in Chicago, but nothing like, like that. that. Not that kind of volume and amount of people. I mean, they haven't been anywhere overly hostile so far this year. It was all new to him and probably was just kind of snapped at the end. So really, to to me, the two storylines of the week are what happened in Lawrence and then the fact that Cartier doesn't start in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, let's move on to that. Those are the so, two storylines of the week. Antonio Gordon gets the three-game suspension. Love the eight-game suspension. But then there's a shuffled lineup in Tuscaloosa, and I didn't see that one coming. I mean, I realized Sloan was going to be in the starting lineup probably, but Cartier Jada was not in the starting lineup. And uh, I thought his, I thought Bruce's reasoning for that was odd. He said something about being athletic. Well, I think most people think Cardi's pretty damn athletic. No, he's one of the two most athletic players on the yeah, team. He said it Him on post-game radio that we wanted to get a little more athleticism in there. I'm like, what? what? So, what? In his news conference, he said he was just basically so focused on getting a good start. He wanted somebody out there who he knew was going to play hard. Yeah. But it's still pretty telling that he would rather go with a freshman than Yeah, my, my thought is something more happened, you know, maybe in the locker room after the game or the bus ride or something and he's he just said i'm gonna sit him down and start the game after the, the ku okay. yeah yeah or maybe he thought he'd send him a message it's time to shape up and he did end up leading the team in scoring but i mean it's like having harden and westbrook on your team uh, yeah they they scored between xavier steen and Cardi Jada, they scored 31 points 
on 10 of 35 from the field. I mean, that's a lot of shots. Your whole team took 74 shots, and they took 35 of them. It took almost half of them and hit far less than half of the field goals made. I want to make a counterpoint to your guys' thing about the SEC Big 12 Challenge or Big 12 SEC Challenge, whichever way you want to say it, um, about the timing of it. Because you know what? If they move that to December, those games in, at the SEC schools, no one's going to attend them. Callis, I guarantee you if that game had taken place in December and they had not knocked off undefeated Auburn, that environment wouldn't have been what, what you heard. That's right. That's so I'm just true. saying that's the counterpoint. Because Wyatt and Stan made a comment, and, and I'll reference Stan for a moment, when I was able to listen after the – the women's game on Saturday, which there are a couple things from that game we definitely need to mention, but uh, Stan said he totally underestimated what the crowd was going to be like. I did too. And what what Ryan says is, is was, spot on. Other than other than when they go to Lawrence, that was as good of a road environment. Like, that, and so that's what I'm saying. Like you, from a you, you put that game in December, Alabama fans are not going to – all they care about is football. The only the – only, School that you're going to get that from is Kentucky and Auburn right now, just because they they're playing as well as they ever have in their history. But but other schools like well, I mean Georgia, okay, they they do have like a guy who's going to maybe be a top Florida. pick. Florida typically has a good environment, don't they? Did you go above to average? I actually never have been able to. I think that's called the O'Connell Center. I've never been there, but right. I mean, obviously they've been the best program in the SEC other than Kentucky in this you know millennium. Mm-hmm. One back about titles no six no seven. I think it gets you more attention playing it now too. That's what I'm saying. I'm I, just, fine I, with it. I understand why people. It does, but I'm I'm on that side of it. Yes. But on the other side of it, it's just not a game well, you play. If you're K-State and KU, you're darn happy you had one of these games to burn <laughs> off a suspension. That's right, for sure. Not have to waste it on a another Big 12 game. What did you think of the first half, Kellis? Uh, you know, K-State went into halftime leading by one point. It had kind of been back and forth. I was really surprised at the amount of fight K-State had coming out of the gate. I was, and I was surprised at the way they played. It was almost like they wanted to run with Alabama, which I didn't see coming at all. But they took threes early in possessions, really no fear. Um, and if it wouldn't have been for foul trouble, I mean, you can certainly argue that Bruce should have maybe gotten Xavier and Cardi back in there sooner once they got in foul trouble. But if, if not for that, if not for having to play Pearson McAtee, they might have actually had a bigger lead yeah. and probably a better chance. The, the other takeaway I came from this game other than Cartier was just uh, it's really just getting so frustrating to watch Mac try to score near the basket. Like is he, that, he had he had thirteen and twelve in this game. If he would have just finished some chances, he could have had twenty five mm-hmm. and twelve. That was the most frustrating double double I've ever witnessed. I, put, I almost double-taked when I saw it. I was like, he had a double-double? felt he, like he did nothing. He gets the ball. He pulls it down. He gets it knocked away. He stumbles. He's so indecisive. And late in the game, he caught it, kept the ball high, jump-hooked, and it was beautiful. And I'm like, where is this? He can do it. That's what's maddening about it. He's not one of those big guys that's just is bad. We've seen him do these things. Remember what he did last year in Lawrence. Exactly. And yet he falls into these bad habits during the course of a game. You know, he just... Well, there there were two plays that are vividly sick in my mind where David Sloan made just great plays and got the ball to Mac. And one was on a bounce pass in the lane, got it to him wide open, can't do anything with it. Totally robbed him assist. Later, he throws a lob pass to Mac with any other big that's a lob dunk. And Mac somehow doesn't even get a shot off, ends up turning the ball over, throwing it back Alabama's way for an easy layup on the other end. It's like, things could... You go from having a perfect pass to Alabama getting two points out of it. Yeah, uh, it was horrible. Yeah. They have him for three turnovers. I think other people got attributed for some of his 
fumbling of passes and stuff. So very frustrating in many ways. And they fall behind by as much as 16 in that second half and yet somehow muster the strength to come back. And I don't want to count moral victories, and I don't say this is a moral victory, but I feel like this team is, outside of Lawrence, which is just an awful thing, is scrapping right now. They're playing with the type of determination they have to play with to be successful in any form. They they can't go through the motions. They've got to be really almost, you know, I don't want to use this term after what happened to KU, but I can't think. In, in terms of within the confines of basketball, brawlers. <laughs> have to be on the floor. I thought, you were, to, say, I thought you were going to say fighter. I was waiting. Yeah, for they it. have to uh, get out there and really yeah, grappler. Yeah, compete for <laughs> wrestling. <laughs> compete for every ball, and they they were doing that in that second half. But again, it comes down to three Pugilist. possessions. Thank you. Three you possessions <laughs> in which they've got it down to Boxers. one point, and they can't. They're just they're not finite enough, not exact well, enough to well, get over the hump. Go back and look at what happened when they did pull the within. Within one, what happens the next few possessions? Saber Seed misses a layup. Right. Cartier misses a layup. Cartier misses a three. Like, make one of those shots. Yeah, what I was just going to say is what eats away at that mentality <laughs> is not executing right. and hitting those shots. And that's what this team runs into. And, and if I'm not wrong, Kellis, the Cartier. Cartier, I'm sorry, layup attempt was one of those. He just went like one on three and said, I'm uh-huh. going to try to do hero and ball here. Airball to layup. Yep. Well, Steed actually had a good look. He just maybe overthought yeah. it a little bit, which I don't know if that if he thought we're down one, this could give us the lead, and he just yep. panicked. I don't know, but he missed that layup by quite a margin. Then they're down by four with about a minute five to go, and they're wolfing up three pointers like it's the final seconds of the game. I'm like, what in God's name are you doing? I don't understand this. And those were the veterans doing that, and that's part of the problem is. Is Demexin with the inexperience and the boneheaded stuff that young guys do, the veterans, the ones you're counting on, are doing the same thing. Key turnovers, ill-advised shots on crucial possessions. And now you get an Oklahoma team that did win its Big 12 SEC challenge. Barely. Doesn't matter if you win by one or a thousand. And then you go winning's back on, winning. Right? They were, on the road. Until the last one of the night, they were all competitive. Mm-hmm. They were all a scrap until Baylor went into Florida. Man, Baylor's good. And last week, Fran Frischilla said that Florida was going to beat Baylor. Mm. Yeah, he kind of missed on that. I actually kind of like K-State's chances against OU, though. Yeah. I do, too. I think, they, I think they win. I'll just put the two there, there's, there. There better be some sense of urgency because the bill comes due on Saturday at West Virginia. <laughs> then you turn around and play mini Monday in Bramlage against Baylor. So you've got two really tough tests after playing Oklahoma on Wednesday night. It kind of does the yellow highlighter thing on the schedule to Oklahoma. You better go get that one. And, and, and they they were the better team the vast majority of the game in Norman, and it just slipped away there in the last five minutes when Austin Reeves just caught fire. You know yep. how many times Bruce has beat – I mean, uh, Kruger has beaten – Bruce and Bramlage? None. Zero. None. Weird. Weird, hmm. weird, weird. He has had his number. Hmm. Would some people say that's Lon Kruger just continuing to help us all modern? No. <laughs> just oh, throws the fish. game. Just throws it? Yeah. We'll find out later who's betting. I'm just saying. Okay. Catfish. This isn't the SEC. People play by rules around here. Catfish. Well, But remember, that's why like West Virginia always wins at, at uh, KU is because there's that conspiracy theory that self wants. You're talking about football? Huggins. No, but it like, helps Huggins get some kind of bonus every time he beats KU, and, and so he gives self some of the money. 
every time they win in Lawrence. The money I'm just go, saying, the money guys. Goes to charity. Right. Okay. He's still got a rant to come in the second half of this podcast. <laughs> oh, I Stay have a tuned good one. For that. I have a good one. Catfish I'm... is all wound up. He's excited about this. We're going to touch on women's basketball and probably mention a team called the Chiefs. Mm. And possibly, if we have time, talk about the Kobe Bryant situation. Coming up on the second half of the Powercat Insiders podcast, sponsored by Commerce Bank. Stay locked in. The Powercat podcast will be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Fantasy baseball draft season is upon us, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, six times per week throughout March. Sleepers, breakouts, busts, live mock drafts, spring training updates, and everything in between every Monday through Saturday. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. We now send it back to Fitz in the WTC gig-powered studios. Welcome back to the Powercat Insiders podcast sponsored by Commerce Bank. We attempted to solve K-State's basketball problems, which we seem to be doing a lot this season on this podcast. Some would argue we do. Some would argue we don't. I'll say this. I like the fact that Coach Weber seems to be putting more and more trust in the young guys in David Sloan. He really has turned more over to them. And, you know, if you're going to see mistakes, see it from the young guys. Just, you know, they're going to have to get Antonio, Antonio Gordon back. He won't be back till the Monday night game in Bramlage with Baylor. But um, I, I think they're going to win a few games down the stretch. they still got a lot of winnable games ahead of them. A lot of winnable games. Oklahoma State, Iowa State, got two each with them. Texas, who I think... Did you already say Oklahoma State? Yeah, Oklahoma State and Iowa State, yeah. Oklahoma on Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. TCU's on Wednesday. coming back to earth Yeah, from their hot start. They so. could get to, like, five conference wins. It really could, which is kind of five, where I thought they would be. Five conference. Well, that's the bar we're shooting for. That's- <laughs> yeah. That was where they bottomed out at last time, so maybe it won't feel so bad. We're sponsored by Commerce Bank. Whatever financial challenges come your way, Commerce Bank can help. Commerce Bank, challenge accepted. Now, the men's team wasn't the only basketball action of the weekend. Something incredible happened when the women's team played. Yeah, you think about just – how long the program has been in place, but for the first time, K-State has a 2020 game on Saturday. Um, Had their second-best offensive performance of the year. I'd say overall probably their best performance as they throttled Oklahoma 92-74. And if uh, you've not seen, uh, they call her Yoki, but Aoka Lee, who's the redshirt freshman post uh, standout for the Cats, she had 23 points, 20 rebounds, um, in that win against Oklahoma. K-State had three players score 20-plus. They played lights out. Scored 45 points in the first half and 47 in the second half. And they they really needed that win, too, because they only had one at that point in conference play. And, you know, they're going through some of the same struggles. They've had a big injury with Rachel Ranke. um, uh, And a couple other players have been fighting some – 
um, some injury issues, but that, that was a, a nice win for them. And now they go on the road twice this week, starting off at Allen Fieldhouse on Wednesday. Incredible. 20 rebounds. That That's pretty much my basketball career right there. <laughs> 20 rebounds. I mean, think about who's come through uh, the door at Bramlage. Someone stated that she has an opportunity to be the best player in the history of Kansas State women's basketball. Uh, the it, best Wait, the best player in the history of the program? Is she just freshman right now? She's freshman. a redshirt freshman. Wow. Could, could be. That's saying something, but her numbers could be eye-popping by the time she's done. And again, you think of the the Priscilla Garys, the obviously mm-hmm. the Weckers, the Oldies, more recent, you know, Lori Kane. But I'm, if you really hone in on players in the paint, and, and Peyton Williams has put up ridiculous numbers. I mean, she's in rarefied air too, but, um, you know, kudos to Aoka Lee for the 23-20 performance. She's won... As of airtime here, as recording time, she's probably going to win like a seventh straight Big 12 Rookie of the Week. <laughs> yeah, they, they just the might as well just name the award right. wow. after her at this point. Wow. Well, that's good news. And K-State kept Sherry Cole from career win number 500. Hmm. Get it somewhere else. Now, on the flip side, K-State did a really nice job on Taylor Robertson, who's from McPherson, who leads the world in three-point shots. Mm-hmm. Um, she had 95 going into the game, and she only hit um, two on Saturday. K-State face guarded her everywhere. I'll teach her. <laughs> go, go into the OU. <laughs> <laughs> She's averaging 23 a game, too, Man. in conference play. Man. How does the state produce that many good players? Because it actually does in women's. It's really amazing how many players per capita come out of the state. You got Emily Ryan out at Central Plains, who's committed to Iowa State. That one stings. Damn, what she's going to break Styles' record. This state produces. Yeah, there was a game last. I think it was last week, where Central Plains was playing Maxville, and Maxville scored the first bucket of the game, and then it, it went from two nothing to eighty seven to four. <laughs> Hmm. Like a, it's nothing like an 87 2 run. <laughs> Exclamation mark. And then after 35 points, Josie they, hit, broke the run with a two pointer. They've been at they've been at 98 points with three minutes to go in the game multiple times in the last two weeks, and they just play catch the rest of the way. Nice. Nice. No brawls at the end of those games? Nope. Not to my knowledge. Man. If the Emporia football coach was coaching them, they would have definitely got that century mark. That was a political statement right there, wouldn't it? Well, I'm just saying. I have nothing wrong with Emporia. I mean, that's where Clint Boyer and NASCAR drivers from. Shot at the Spartans right there. Mm. That, isn't it called Jay's Burgers? There's know. pretty good. Isn't it called Jay's? I don't know. wish I remembered. Would, but you, good... would you guys go Bush League if you had a chance to score 100? Did <sighs> you break, uh, break a rank? And... Oh. It would In defend. high schools, it... Uh, yeah, in high school or college? Yeah, I mean, high school. Uh, high, high it schools. would depend on who it's against. True. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. If I'm a senior, maybe. Growing up for me, if it would have been TMP, oh, yeah. Hang a hundy. A little bitterness between Russell and TMP? Oh, yeah. Okay. Central South. If you me. didn't like TMP, TMP didn't like us. I would only do it if I could dunk after stealing a ball. They, why would they be running out the clock, though? 
We're down 105 <laughs> to 98. No, that's possible the way I play defense. I Next know. topic is it the rant? Let's move on to the rant. You you are, are you properly stoked for the rant? Yeah, I am, and it actually didn't allow me uh, to do what you want to do anyway and see into the Kobe Bryant stuff. Okay. Because guys, it was it was an embarrassing day for our industry. It was. It was absolutely abysmal, uh, except for the L.A. Times, which again did a good job with t- taking down its paywall to let people read all the coverage of of just the terrible, the terrible, terrible situation with Kobe Bryant and his daughter and seven other people dying in, in a tragic helicopter accident. But wow, just. I mean, guys, that's why I was on my phone earlier, and I just want to read a couple of things real quick to put this in perspective. Former co-worker Shane Jackson, who now works at the Lawrence Journal World, he quote tweeted one of these other people who had mentioned the constantly conflicting reports about how many people had died, who had died, whether Kobe Bryant's whole family died. Just the con- Again, you, every five minutes or even less than that, you would just see a different number of people who had died and, and survivors. And so he quoted it and said, uh, you know, that basically it's, it's okay to just – say that we don't know enough information yet to get to say anything so he said and he quotes this from the newsroom the tv show it's a person a doctor pronounces her dead not the news it's not our job to pronounce someone dead and then here's the second thing society professional journalists guys and i just want to make sure that i i I, you know i quote this exactly right remember that neither speed nor format excuses inaccuracy correct and it just it sickens me it sickens me how how terrible the job the media did yesterday, for the most part. Can I? I want to ask. I mean, I've I don't. I could have kept going on, but I, yeah, I, I, I see that you want to say something too. Which I is don't good. have a full time radio job like I did for the better part of twenty five years. God, he's old. But thank you. But <laughs> what's been what I'm scratching my head at since this transpired and I started looking at various websites is the inaccurate stories. That are, you know, like the first one is there were there were five dead. Yes. Why are those still on those websites? Yep. Why are they not taken down? I know that. Yeah. So that's, I guess, my well, question. It, is, it's just the obsession with saying that you got a scoop. In the pre-social media world, we hear in the newsroom that five are dead and one is a celebrity. And, okay, let's get this checked out. Now it's a reflex. Tweet it. You know, and and they're not doing their due diligence. Now, one thing I want to push back on is uh, the sheriff calling out. Oh, oh, okay. I thought it was something about me specifically for reporting what happened before families were notified. Uh, Horrible, but TMZ technically got it right. I mean, Kobe Bryant was one of the dead. Everyone thought it was five originally, but it turned out to be nine. My probably the sheriff should be probably calling out. The, the source. They had an accurate source within his department or someone connected to the sheriff's department, maybe fire or, or rescue. That's where his anger should be. Why is someone on the, quote, good guy's side sending out information as a source to a news outlet before people are notified of their family members' deaths? Well, I mean, it's the whole— It's not, it's not TMZ's job to hold it to— I guess if I was told by someone, hey, yeah, Kobe was on the plane, that I would assume that the, the family knows at that point if you're telling me. Why why on earth would someone with the sheriff's department or fire or rescue tell a media outlet something like that before families were notified? That That's where it's anger. It's easy to be angry at the media, and they should be angry at the media mm-hmm. for, like, 
that ABC station that said all the girls are dead. Yes. And, uh, it was horrible. Well, I mean, I was just gonna say, well, I mean, why is he not, like you said, why is he not blaming the source? Well, it's like you got to back the blue. It's easier to, I know, to, to blame the outside, blame the media, right. than to blame someone in your department. I'm with, I'm with you though. If, if you actually verified the information, I don't see the need to wait for it. But definitely, if you're, well, there's no need to speculate. You know, like, oh, that's, that's what I saw yesterday. With a lot of people saying, oh, I'm hearing. All four kids were on board. Like, or why, Rick why, Fox. If you don't even no, know. No, Rick Fox, yeah, for a while. He was being pronounced oh, really? dead. Yeah. Among, and then, like, wow. you had people say, oh, no, my, my step, because he's my stepfather, my stepdad. Someone tweeted, like, hey, I, I literally just talked to him. He's Yeah, that was what was amazing about it is you literally had people saying, I just spoke to his daughter. Rick's fine. Later, I just spoke with Rick, and he's fine. And people were still saying, I'm hearing Rick Fox was on board. I was like, <laughs> and, and, guys, it just goes back to as well. This is, I mean, today's like yesterday in that regard. Why? There's a there's a lot of lack of trust in the media, and that that's what saddens me more than anything. Is that I just feel like media members already have it tough enough right now. But then, when you have people who can point to, well, look at how inaccurate so many places were with this just needless rush to want to be first instead of being right. It it was just a bad. It was a ter- obviously the the worst thing was all the deaths, but it was just not a good day overall for our industry outside of like the L.A. Times. I thought just a horrific, horrific event. And, and I'll say this. Say what you want to overall about TMZ and what they do in terms of you know paying for videos and things they've done like that. But guys, you know if they they got a pretty high batting average when it comes to celebrity deaths. They do. If they say someone's dead, it's probably about ninety nine percent true. Because I mean they also broke Michael Jackson's death if I'm they, not wrong. They, they might have also broke uh, uh, Robin, Robin Rob Williams. Williams. Yeah. So it's just like they just have a really high batting average when it comes to celebrity deaths. I used so. the phrase "larger than life" with Kobe, and someone mm-hmm. says, "What does that mean?" What? And I'm like, "This. Look at look at this. Look, everything's coming to a stop here. I mean, it, larger than life. He will be remembered. This is this generation's Roberto Clemente moment. Mm-hmm. Everything came to a stop for him when he died in a plane crash. Well, and as I heard um, a former NBA player say yesterday. In, when you look at what's transpired, you mentioned Roberto Clemente. I mean, Major League Baseball's been affected, but this is really one of the first that the NBA's had to True. deal with. Had golf, of course. Yeah. You have auto racing happen, right? Yeah, Payne Stewart was what came to mind. Payne yeah. Stewart came to mind. Yeah, Dale Earnhardt. Mm-hmm. Um, but the NBA's kind of been out on the the perimeter. They haven't really had to deal with this. Yeah, and I guess really the only one, again, I know he was even before my time, really, is like Drazen Petrovic, but he obviously didn't have the, the the global name recognition that Kobe has. And like that, that's what, that's, and again, I know you guys just joke about my, my NASCAR background and stuff like but I've always told people that if you don't understand NASCAR, Dale Earnhardt dying on the final lap of the 2001 Daytona 500 was like if Michael Jordan had collapsed and died during an NBA Finals game. And that's not overstating it. No, I'm not being. I'm, I'm I being. I understand that. Yeah. I got you. I mean, it, and again, it's a it's a moment that changed the sport of NASCAR forever because of all the safety features that have now been incorporated. In the, and no no driver has died in NASCAR since since his death because of all the safety innovations. Well, and I know we're going to get to other things here in a moment. I remember just simply because I saw a video, and I'm sure everybody in here did. He wasn't. Drazen Petrovic, he definitely wasn't Kobe Bryant, but I will never ever forget the night Hank Gathers died. Oh. Yeah. Because 
there was video and it was just mm. it, it was beyond shocking. He's the one who collapsed on the court. Right? Yeah. Royal Marymount. Mm. Yep. Made, scored a basket, turned around, and about five steps later, just down he went. They're trying to revive him on goes the court. Down and yeah. So Kobe Bryant, three other parents, three children. An assistant coach and a pilot died in that crash, and it was just just awful. Yeah, John Altabella is a very very fine college baseball coach at Orange Coast College, and he's coached in the the Cape as well. Man, I tell you what, him, his wife, one of their daughters, they're survived by a post college son, I believe, is a grad assistant at Oregon baseball. Oregon I think State. that's right. Oregon baseball, and then another daughter. That they'll now have to move on with a sibling and both parents. And the last thing you know that I want to say on this too is that I, I know that in, in just a handful of corners out there, there are people who feel like too much of Kobe and what happened in Colorado in 2003 was glossed over. And I'll just say the only two people who know what happened in that room, one of them is now dead, and two, everyone has flaws. Oh. You know, and and just because yours aren't. Well known to the magnitude, they would get reported on like what Kobe Bryant was accused of. Doesn't mean that any of us go to our grave without having things that we wish we hadn't done. And that that's where I'm just saying that it, it's it's a tough thing that that you know there are just people who don't feel like Kobe Bryant should have ever been celebrated after what happened. Well, with that, it's not about falling down. It's about what you do after yep. that. And he turned into a grade A human being. Spent a lot of money and time with youth and. Always, you can't, you you don't encounter people that say bad things about him. Well, and, and you know, some people would say that, that it seems like maybe now he's going to have maybe a bigger effect on women's basketball than men's in terms of how much, you know, funding and, and, and just propping up the WNBA and yep, things he was uh, doing behind the scenes yep. that nobody ever saw. Yep. Well, I, you know, I wish there was something folks like us could do, but. We can't, and we can only hope for the best for those families. Mm-hmm. Just, I can't imagine losing a spouse or a child, particularly a child. Uh, I've been, I was bothered by Kobe, but knowing that three young people died is just awful. Not, not that I want to ex- extend this because it's really kind of, it's very humbling and sad to talk about it. I will tell you one of the things early on in my broadcast career that helped shape what I did and goes to what you said moments ago, Ryan, was. I've always been get it right first, always, and not just as a broadcaster working in the world of radio, but one thing that was incredibly humbling to me was the night a high school football player died up at Riley County hmm. during during a game. Wow. Um, during a game? Yeah. Was he on the his field? It was Daniel Will, and uh, to to have to report that, to talk to the head coach, to talk to other people about that was that was definitely a learning experience, and you've got to do it right. Yeah, that's ultimately that's what matters most. Do it right. Okay, let's shift gears. Um, do we have any K State topics? Anyone baseball? Season? How about those baseball locker rooms? Did we talked about that last we week. Talked about that. Yeah, we did. Man. I'm, that makes me actually fired up for K-State baseball. Usually it just kind of comes and goes. New video boards up. I mean, Point Family Stadium. When is the first game? Home game. Mid-February. For, uh, first home game, it's, if it's not, it's, I don't know 100%. I believe it's early March. They play a lot of home games in March. They actually also go to Stanford in March this year for a four-game series. 
Wow. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a good environment. I'm telling you right now, this is gonna be a an entertaining baseball team to watch. Here's my thought on college baseball above that Oklahoma border. Because I kind of feel like that's the line you draw. Oklahoma, Arkansas, south, a little bit more warm weather. If you're above that and you get more winter, you have got to do it right. And Kansas State hasn't done it right in the past. They haven't given them the facilities to be successful. Now they're going to have much closer competitive facilities. You, you either got to do it or don't do it. And I was, I was with, let's not do it. If you're going to just have this facility, particularly before they built Toynton Family Stadium, that was a joke. Don't do it. Get rid of it. Add men's wrestling. Mm-hmm. Do something else. And places like Iowa State did get rid of baseball. And I think that was a smart decision. And now K-State has really moved the chips to the middle of the, the table, so to speak, on baseball and said, we don't. We've invested now. And, man. Do you guys think they should have got – because, I mean, you guys heard what happened because you're talking about adding sports or getting rid of them. What did you guys think about when they got rid of equestrian here? Good move. Okay. I I understood why it was added. Mm-hmm. A question that, that nobody outside of people who actually participate, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Not a spectator sport. It brought in money from a different set of donors, the horse crowd. Equine. Equine. Horsies. I like them, call them horsies. But yeah, I think it was a good move to add soccer. I, I would I would love men's soccer. I certainly would love wrestling. K State had a great tradition of wrestling. And they just dropped the sport in the what? No, yeah, no, they 60s? dropped uh, they dropped men's tennis back in I think like eighty four. They too. did not have a great tradition in that. No. <laughs> I, I, would would, love, I, would, I would love men's soccer. It's not going to happen, but I would love to see wrestling. It, that will not happen. It won't happen. You know, if they were going to soccer, add, might be on next if they ever add anything on the men's. I side. I bet you if they ever add any sports <laughs> here, it'll be an esports team. It's cheap. You could get that's something God. that actually might be attractive to people. No. I know it's a sort of no, I got a higher writer over here, but uh, <laughs> if they ever add a men's team, I bet it's esports. Put me, put me down on the road. You just, you just would, would that be through the athletics department or would that be like the fishing team? <laughs> on all seriousness, how is that be through, through the athletics department? How is that athletics? I was really hoping esports wasn't going to come up today, but it did. There are some uh, schools out there that have it through I'm, athletics. I understand, but it's more of an activity than an <laughs> athletic performance. It's like the chess club. I admire you. You're good at chess. Hey, but how, it's not an athletic endeavor. How deep are we into this? We're deep into how this. How deep grab. into this are we? This is bad. How many minutes. Wait. Look at the timer. Twenty. What, what, no, overall, really? that means we're probably 45. 48. Can we get to the Chiefs? Hold on. I just want to no. say that you had to really no, bring up e- no. esports no. after I lost a rider to it, and I've been chugging along by myself for almost a month. So you just just twisting the knife, Kellis. Yeah, you'll have to cover it here in a few, oh. few years. I mean, I just, I mean, <laughs> I haven't played a video game, and I mean, I got yeah, it. I set long. a new career high on Galaga the other night, so that's all that matters. Nice. You were playing Tetris before we started. The show. No, hold, on, actually, hold on, I, yeah. the 80s is calling. Hold on, yes. Mike. Let me get this. <laughs> I'm good with that. Sunday, five something p.m. Whatever that five thirty is. It five thirty? Is that like five thirty plus ads? Five thirty-seven. I bet. No, it's it will not kick off at five. It'll take Fitz seven minutes to get from the kitchen to the couch. So that's why I said five thirty. Are you moving in slow motion? No, man. The food's going to be heavy because ah. I'm carrying it all in one motion. Ah, uh, oh. Okay. Having the Super Bowl at a stadium that holds 65000 is wrong. I didn't realize that. No wonder prices are so high. There's 10,000 more people that 
could be in a normal sized stadium, basically. Wow. But it's Miami. It'll be lovely. Oh, yeah. Chiefs. If you could go, would you go? Probably, probably not. As a fan or to cover it? Fan. If I was calling it, oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm thrilled for Mitch. I'm oh, it's glad, amazing. I'm thrilled he gets to call a Super Bowl. I'm about one of like three people from our paper who isn't there. Uh, so I would go if they said, hey, you want to take, yeah, take a week off K-State, go cover the Super Bowl, I would have done it. But as a fan, you know, the, there's really not much appeal for me to actually go to a Super Bowl. It's just so commercial. I'd honestly rather just have sit and watch it at home at, at a, my own Super Bowl party. Now, like the AFC Championship game, I'm jealous of anybody who got to go to that. That looked awesome. Too cold. Super Bowl, I could probably pass on, though. I always like covering stuff, so. <laughs> I don't know. Super Bowl media day seems like it would be very annoying. Kevin, oh, you smile. I just want a rider, man. I'm tired of being by my. I'm, I'm lonely, I, Matt. I, I, I don't really have. In the I don't have. You know the luxury of IMG K State Sports Network, which I know I just. Okay, I've written it. I'm tired of you slaps <laughs> not getting it right. K State. You can get he fits. You can get Ryan's title right. And his title right. <laughs> Say it, Ryan. K-State Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. Thank you. It's not hard, you slaps. All I'm saying is I don't have as many able-bodied men and women. I got four words for you. Suck for it up. For the right price. Ah. There you go. Okay. So you're applying for the job? Is that what you're saying? It's going to have to pay a lot. <laughs> and I just mean Ryan needs to get paid a lot to put up with Matt Walters. Oh. Well, will the Chiefs win? Before? Yes. Yes. Come on, Southern boy. Catfish has his doubts. Uh, which which K-State player has the biggest impact? How about that? DJ Reed. That's be my guess. Reed. I just think. I, I want to say Pringle, but it'll be Reed. I, I think the Niners are going to pull out a really close one. Okay. Like 27-24. You can be different. 24? That's all the Chiefs will score? Jesus. Pat Mahomes craps 24 points. <laughs> and on that note, that's it. Chiefs will win. And we will chide Catfish next week. For, for, for my insubordination. Yes, exactly. Of not picking the Chiefs here sitting in Kansas. And if you need to be a sports writer, if you really think you can do it. Apply. Apply to him. Now. Please do it. <laughs> Please. He's getting cranky and we're tired of it. This has been the Powercat Insiders Podcast sponsored by Commerce Bank. We reconvene one week from today. You've been listening to the Powercat Insiders Podcast presented by Commerce Bank. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing. If you want to win your fantasy football league, it starts right now. The offseason is the best time to get ahead of the competition. We'll help you win your league on the Fantasy Football Today podcast, part of CBS Sports Podcast Network. Fantasy Football Today has three episodes every week following the latest news, giving you early rankings, early sleepers, breakouts, and busts. So if you're a dedicated fantasy football manager, check out the most dedicated podcast, Fantasy Football Today. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are found.